Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And my name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Sean O'Connell. I'm the managing editor at Cinema Blend and the author of the book Release the Snyder Cut. Perfect. Uh, everybody, go pick up that book. You can find it anywhere and everywhere. Um, I'm sure we'll also have links and everything. But today we are talking about minute number 147. We are back for more of Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, part 5, All the King's Horses, this minute is going to start out with Cyborg and Wonder Woman continuing to slide Superman's casket into the back of this uh, covered truck that we're going to try to sneak into. Um, and the minute is going to end with some really cool uh, cyborg hacking moments. Because uh, <laughs> Barry's trying to uh, to sneak past these these guards in this computer. And you know what? We live in an age of technology, and cyborg is our technological god. But, but let's be like honest. Fifty yeah. percent of this of this entire minute is just Zach flexing at how he can shoot the greatest Batman ever. One hundred percent. If this it is, is not one of your favorite Batman shots, you need to reevaluate your lives. I mean, he looks like an action figure, right? He looks like this is what this is what you in your mind when you go Batman brood city. Crouched cape. Yep. Go. Yeah. We, it's, it's almost like we don't get enough of Batman perched on ledges <laughs> in movies. Right. Uh, right. I think you're right. Like, yeah. Observing. I mean, we, we talked about him on um, one of the grotesques earlier when he's uh, above GCPD with mm-hmm. the, you know, uh, Commissioner Gordon had the bat signal and it's like, oh, it's like we don't get enough of that. Maybe we, maybe we do, but we, we always need more. And you know what's crazy um, is like he's not... I'm not saying he's not accomplishing anything necessarily. He's observing everything that's going on. He's ready to spring into action. But Zach's like, I'm going to take the moment to slowly pull, push in on him with his glorious cape, you know, blowing in the wind. You've got the entirety of Star Labs laid out in front of him. Then he takes the time to flip it around so that you get a facial shot of the best Batman, you know, ever to grace mm-hmm. the screen. And it's just Zach flexing his muscle. He's just like... I've got Affleck. I've got this incredible yes. suit. I'm using it. I'm using Look it. Look at this chin. Yeah. 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 I got four hours. You're going to get some of this. It's amazing. We've we've talked about uh, the the aspect ratio. And when you watch the 2017 version, there's a lot of shots of, of Ben Affleck wearing the cowl, and it doesn't look good in my opinion there was always something off about it Mm. and the the aspect ratio that we have here now with this version this is something that i've always pointed out pun intended maybe is is the ears right Mm. so when you're watching the 2017 version there's constantly the ears are cut off so he just ends up looking like space ghost the whole time because it's just (laughs) like the forehead to the chin and it's a reshoot, so Ben Affleck isn't in his superhero shape to to even be in the suit. So it all comes off as like, you know, he's super pink flushed because of the color correcting, and there's no ears. So there's there's so many Batman shots in that original version 
that just aren't good because of, of the aspect ratio, color correcting, all this stuff. And so when you see this here, you go, oh, this was the intention. This was the vision mm -hmm. that got sacrificed. Um, and when you see it, then you go, there's the payoff. This is why we do it. And people say, oh, you know, this doesn't need to be a four-hour movie or it, things are too slow. But you have to get into it. You have to revel in this world that Zack Snyder has created this Batman being it, like this shot right here, this is what we came to see is 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 Ben Affleck as Batman. Even if it's just this, it's like that's it. That's that's Batman. That's you know, there is a narrative point to this though, um, and it comes right before it with Cyborg saying, "I'm always dressed." This is the team <laughs> suiting up, right? Like we're now yeah. starting. We're going to see them in their full costume and not Barry just yet. You know, he still has to get through the, through the gate. We're going to get to a point later on, but there, there are significant transitions between these guys in their everyday wear. you know, we were talking mm -hmm. about uh, Diana and her, her trench with the popped collar and everything in last, in yesterday's minute. Um, but now we're transitioning into the hero phase. And I think that this shot, from the shot of cyborg leading into the shot of of bruce in full batman gear uh is okay let's let's not forget this is a justice league movie let's get to the league kind of thing yes yeah yeah and i always think of uh batman v superman when you know the iconic moment where ben affleck's bruce wayne is looking at that costume and just thinking that's who i really am that's what that's what i want to be wearing right now i don't want to go to luther's gala as Bruce Wayne. Right, right. I, I right. would rather be myself and put that on and do some actual justice. And this is him going, now I'm in my element. I yep. feel <laughs> I feel like myself. <laughs> so um it's a fantastic moment. Um I, I had some questions regarding that, Sean. So I know you visited the set in 2016 and it was quite a uh, I think rare is not the right term for this kind of visit that you had. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about it? And then I, I wanted to ask you, like, um, did it seem like everything was going right at the time? Sure. So I'll, I'll briefly give some people some background if they don't know this story at all. But we received a, a small group of journalists received a phone call from a publicist um, who said, hey, are you free to go to London next week um, to visit the set of Justice League? And those set visit trips normally get planned about a month or so in advance. So this was very last minute, and you could tell that it was um, that there was a, a motive behind it, kind of thing. And mm -hmm. in talking with the journalists uh, as we were on our way over, we all kind of came to the conclusion that they wanted to show us slash convince us um, that Zack's Justice League was going to be, because the knock on BVS was that it was super dark. And, yes. and at the time, the reality was the mainstream audiences preferred the, the lighter tempo Marvel movies. You know, I, I always kind of point out that around the same time, a third Iron Man movie, you know, crossed a billion dollars and that BBS struggled to get there. And I know that that's not like the proper barometer of quality, but it matters to the studios, essentially. Mm -hmm. And they want to start getting the word out that Justice League was going to be more of a team building. You know, it's it's 
Bruce putting the team together. It's it's recruiting the the heroes that you love kind of thing and putting them together in action. Um, and so while we were there, we got to see a lot. We got to see the the um, set where the team encounters Steppenwolf for the first time and fights the parademons um, oh, with wow. the catwalk bridge and and you know that that not not the full tunnel but enough of the exteriors of of that the scene that we got to see them shoot um was predominantly green screen but some stuff built to suggest it was the rooftop of um gotham city pd where they confront uh, jk simmons's um commissioner gordon and they do Mm -hmm. that that and that's what was funny was that in the scene that we watched them shoot um cyborg was in the shot like he shows up and diana gives him a look as as if to say i'm glad you're showing up to join this fight and then that wasn't in theatrical you know so you knew that stuff had been played around with um and then they just walked us through zach and debbie and and their team walked us through storyboards of the entire you know the the four hour plot basically and Mm -hmm. um you know, I, I couldn't tell whether it was going to be good or bad. It's really hard to determine, you know, in those moments because there's still so much to shoot and there's, you never know how things are going to go in the edit. And, and obviously they're bringing you there to the set to put on their best face possible, you know? And so and in their mind, everything is wine and roses and it's going to be terrific. Um, but then you think about all of the things that happened, you know, after that, because Zach was, still clearly the director you know on on that uh, on the set at the moment and then of course you know the director replacement came later and the reshoots came later and and so it almost wiped away the impact or the goodwill uh, of that set but but yeah we i mean we definitely left that set extremely excited you know for the introduction of the league we got great shots and looks at at uh, all of their care, uh, their costumes, and the way that they were going to be doing Cyborg's body, you know, through CGI. When we, when we met Ray on set, he was just in a gray sort of sweatsuit, you know, mm-hmm. with a yeah. with a little, with little red lights, yeah. <laughs> yeah, to indicate where his chest would be, and and then, but we saw Affleck in in full cowl, cap and cowl, and we saw um, Ezra in his full, you know, uh, Flash suit and. So so yeah, it was it was a, it was an incredible incredible set visit in and of itself, just alone to be able to say that I got to go to the set of a Justice League movie, but definitely tarnished because of everything that came after it. You know, it's 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 an unusual uh, time and time and place uh, in in DC history. Oh, uh, and that's unfortunate. But I I, I think um, if I remember correctly, they also asked you to to report on it almost immediately. Like there was no embargo Correct. for this visit. Yeah. I mean, that's not the case. So I also got a chance to go to uh, rebel moon and I saw rebel. Oh, moon, wow. Um, and I couldn't report on it for almost 10 months. Um, wow. 10 months because wow. the studio, they kind of want your set visits to come out timed to the release of usually like the first trailer. Um, yeah, to kind of build the buzz on yeah. top of it. And unfortunately for us, as a website, um, we often get scooped by Vanity Fair or Entertainment Weekly, who will also get an opportunity to do a sit down with Zach 
and start to reveal most of the stuff that we <laughs> that we learned and oh, we watch wow. all of our best scoops or materials start to show up in other places which then dilutes what we're about to run the specialness about the justice league visit was they told us as soon as we got home from the trip we could start running stories and not only like could we start running stories but they wanted us to start running them immediately and that was another indicator of warner brothers felt that the buzz in the market on justice league was bvs was super dark this is going to be as dark you know and and zach in that moment was sort of sending the message to us of hey this isn't going to be joke a minute dumb and dumber but it's going to be i am building more towards an optimistic we're putting the team back to we're putting the team together and i want it to feel more like uh the heroes that you love on a mission you know and it's not going to be four hours of pummeling dour uh darkness kind of thing yeah which the film isn't you know it's definitely no 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 it's more serious um it's mature but you can be serious and mature and still give fans a blockbuster feel you know and without pandering to them which is i think what a lot of other empty sort of comic book movies do yeah and and also to say like Yes, these these movies take things much more seriously, but that's not to say, you know, kids can't enjoy it because it's like it's children's comic book movie. And it's like, sure, maybe Batman v Superman, the Ultimate Edition is technically rated R. Mm-hmm. But I feel like as far as rated R movies go, like this is still a superhero film that kids can enjoy if they understand the gravity of what these characters that you love are going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Zack Snyder's Justice League as well. Um, I think this minute perfectly represents what you were talking about, like that Zach is saying, like, hey, things are still going to have a lot of weight to it, but we are injecting a, a bit more humor into it. We talked about it yesterday as well. Um, but in this one, I mean, we're talking about Batman, how how awesome Ben Affleck looks as Batman in this shot. Zach being Zack Snyder with, with the way he, he films Ben Affleck in the, in the cape and cow. But, um, and then we see another kind of Ezra Miller's Barry Allen uh, doing another kind of uh, awkward humor bit. Mm. And it's like that, this is it. This is what we wanted to see is we want to see your vision still. And we want, and we are having a good time, but we also, you know, if we have to throw a few more jokes here and there, at least we can make them organic. Um, and, and one of my favorite, you know, it, it took me, it, it took me a while to, to get it the first time, but when Barry shows up to that, that, um, that check-in station mm-hmm. and they say id and he goes id i i like it's like it's almost <laughs> like it's a pun where it's like id i i like yeah and so i you know it's stuff like that where it's like oh i get it he's he's awkward you know yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. that's the joke <laughs> so yeah there's, there's a lot to appreciate in it so also when you say i want to mention this as well too when when they talk about this movie having to be quote-unquote for kids um, I think DC does a terrific job of producing animated versions of their stories. And again, some of those tilt more adult. Um, mm-hmm, yes. But there are plenty of other gateway stories, you know, done in animation that you can show to kids to get them excited about these heroes in this world. And not every, you know, story produced by DC needs to be across the board for every audience of all ages. Uh, and timeframes. It's just some of these stories are going to merit more adult consideration and, 
why not let Zach take a swing at this? And listen, I understand the, the business side of it. I understand the, yeah, the financials, but the existence of a streaming service, the existence of being able to, which is why I think Zach is more comfortable over at Netflix than he ever was at, at DC. He has less people to answer to. There's a more freedom creatively and financially for him to take the big swings that he's used to doing. Um, but, but from a DC standpoint, let him make this movie and then cater to the younger audience with the other things that, that they're doing. I never really understood that disconnect. I, yeah. I, I would need to like echo that so loudly um, because that is how I approach just comic books in general and a, a lot of media as a kid growing up. Um, and I thought that that was just how it was supposed to happen. Mm. Um, there was a very long time where I wasn't reading issue by issue or even trades of the, the current Justice League story. I was just watching the animated show because that's what I liked more. Mm. I didn't care about going and making my mom take me to Sci-Fi City every week to pick up the new Justice League issue every week. Like I didn't didn't care, didn't want that. I wanted the cartoon show and I was fine with that. Mm -hmm. I still was able to grow and mature with these characters and have a backing of knowledge of like a different uh, media source that I could bring forth to the different <laughs> media like the comic book and have, you know, a, a more rounded idea of these characters. Um, so yeah, I agree. Like it's so bizarre that it was, you know, the idea of like these movies are supposed to be the definitive choice for your fans and your, you know, your fans and, and their fans and, and whoever else you want to show and, and tag on to this love of, of this franchise that you like, you're not, you know, you just, you're just going to end all be all here's justice league. You're going to love it. And then that's it. You know, like yeah. that's <laughs> not it. Well, look at, look at Marvel. They 10 years, they had to get, if you want to look at movies, 10 years, you had to pick and choose what you like and who you like. And then sure all of a sudden they're all together and oh my god yeah everybody loves that of course but let me stand up who out of everybody loves iron man 3 as their favorite one great i think i know a few people yeah and that's excellent but you know what somewhere on the line there was a split and it's a big split that you can actually see and sure why didn't it get so much flack as like a dc comic i don't know why is dc have to be so mainstreamed into one line of either you like it or you don't kick rocks like what right. are you talking about that was mm -hmm. never my approach to these heroes these are these these are myth mythological stories that you're supposed to be telling each other like what and i had I, so i have teenagers so they grew up on teen titans go okay yes love it right i Great think it's show. hilarious amazing I, show <laughs> but i would i wouldn't show them titans or I don't even know if they would be into Titans, you know, if I was the live like, action. Yeah. Yeah. The, I was like, the hey, that's HBO Raven Max. and Beast Boy that you knew from Teen Titans Go. They would be like, what? I don't understand. Like, that's that not that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and that was going to be my point is like, it doesn't have to be the other way around either where we're saying like, you know, if you like Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, the Ultimate Edition, or, or Zack Snyder's Watchmen or whatever, um, it doesn't mean you can't also go and enjoy Teen Titans Go. I see that as being the other side of the spectrum as well, mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, like that stuff doesn't, 
is not good because it's not taking itself seriously. Like Teen Titans Go is probably one of the smartest written shows oh. that the DC animation has ever done. And, yeah. <laughs> and, but at the same time, then I also enjoy Young Justice, which is like yeah. super hardcore drama. And very mature. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and there's there's this sort of wide spectrum. Um, DC Superhero Girls, which is a, a Lauren Faust uh, show magnificent story um i think it's a great way to introduce people to um dc characters if they're not used to the the universe of dc characters i think it's great um but i had the same thing where i I was watching titans and barbara gordon's there and i go oh look that's that's barbara gordon that's batgirl from uh dc superhero girls and just there's just a huge disconnect so sometimes it it is what it is but um yeah it, it don't you know you gotta allow yourself right to if you if you enjoy these certain works you know some other people have different visions and and they can be just as great so um yeah it's 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 great to have this kind of variety and the dc animated films of course they they do it in spades they do all they do uh you know now we're we've we've got so many different else worlds so many different uh different versions of batman batman ninja batman Gotham by Gaslight. Uh, there's just so many different versions of him, and now we're starting to get that with Superman, which I think is very important um, because I feel like Superman isn't allowed to have that until recently. And so now we, we have a Superman Red Sun is an animated film based on the mm-hmm. comic, which is a great version of it. I think it's a really good adaptation of the original book. Um, and then, of course, My Adventures with Superman, which is like I'm so happy that that exists now because I enjoy seeing a different interpretation of the character that somehow like enjoys both aspects. Like people want the classic uh, Boy Scout Superman, but then it also at the same time has like this Dragon Ball Z action uh, level of of power to it that it's like, wow, I think this um, uh, it closely fulfills like the action that people saw from invincible the amazon Mm -hmm. adapted adaptation of of the comic book and so my adventures of superman is a great um um show that i recommend that that captures you know kind of the wide spectrum of what superman can be so i i really do enjoy the variety that we have with dc and that includes these movies i think it's important to to um, let these films be what they are. So, yep, I agree. 100%. In this uh in this minute, so of course we have uh the, the cyborg the suit up moment, of course that leads into Batman as well. And then of course we have Barry Allen here. He's doing the ID II bit here. And then of course at the, the end we see uh Cyborg doing the hacking, which is really cool something I've 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 really enjoyed about Cyborg is the eye movement within the red eyes that they've actually animated in the special effects to move his eyeball the same way that um, his human eye would move. And so it's one of my favorite details about kind of the visual effects that they do in this movie and just how good this movie looks. Um, Being a, a movie that was filmed in 2017 and then finished in 2021, I've always loved this moment here because it's a it's a great little moment for Ray Fisher, his character, to show like acting non-verbally. So he's hacking, he's you know he's thinking about it. They have the visual effects that move the eyeball of the the robotic eye 
to show that he's thinking his rapid eye movement is going on. So whenever I watch this movie, it's one of my favorite bits right here is this little rapid eye movement hacking scene here. Never even <laughs> noticed it. I never even caught up on that. That's really oh, cool. Oh, it's excellent. Even like his, the placement of his hands. Um, Cause that is like such a humanistic trait of what do I do with my hands? But also like your mind is, so occupied by something that is unfathomable to human mm. minds right so like your extremities are not a thing right now right, so like, right, right. I, I think this is just like perfect uh i don't even know if you want to call it android moment i guess it's perfect cyborg moment and we should probably coin this um but like the hands <laughs> cyborg moment yeah, yeah the hands on the knees of just him he what do i do with my hands kind of motion of they're mm-hmm. just there you know that is I think just amazing uh, imagery blocking of this shot with him and the mother box right next to him. This is cyborg. We're seeing the birth of the new Superman, mm-hmm. uh, which is supposed to be, you know, the, the overarching arc and storyline of this entire movie. Um, and again, this is this is him in his element using his powers. Uh, new Superman, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> cyborg Superman, if you will. Or is that taken? (laughs) It's a different return of Superman story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But cool. I mean, well, maybe in in a long way, maybe that, I mean, we talked about there's no, even though we've, we've had our doomsday moment in the last film and then this would technically be reign of the Superman if we, you know, go back to the original um, SNS uh title of of the comic book that reign of the supermen is based Mm -hmm. on reign of the superman we bring back superman back to life um we talked about this story even though it is technically that second part of the death of superman now that's the return of um we don't get the eradicator superboy cyborg superman but maybe in some weird way cyborg is uh cyborg superman maybe he is the other superman that they will have to have uh in lieu of Clark Kent until he's back and then now he's back and uh, oh no he's destroying Heroes Park and then uh, everything <laughs> like, else comes yeah. in after <laughs> so who knows but yes it's, it's great to see uh, Ray Fisher here with um, the, the mother box right next to him there's some great detailing here with Cyborg that I don't ever get to see before um, because normally there's like a lot of that super contouring like his shoulders his chest there's a lot about Cyborg's body that is hard to um to draw out if you know it's easy to draw batman easy to draw the flash if you ask someone to draw cyborg they would get so confused by the time they got down to his upper body but if you see here his knees his hands are on his knees here if you could see like the gears the turbines the the, servos yeah yeah you see all the wire work there like there's some great detailing there to show kind of like the inner parts of his his um biomechatronic muscular structure if you will yeah uh, so there's a lot of great details internally there um that i really enjoy so let's also really talk just for a second about the narrative of uh this movie's not finished and we can't show it to you you know <laughs> um but then you see this and you it, it has better visual effects than what we got in the flash yeah and you think if this isn't finished <laughs> you know stop yeah. with that Stop. And again, going back to the idea of like, what if we had to wait 25 years for a director to 
finish their vision you know with their their money and their own studio workings and all of that stuff and being able to shoot it in my driveway like that you're right it is mark and i talk about that so often where it is literally mind-blowing where those words were spoken that was this is an unfinished movie and here look at this like this is cgi that feels real and actually has weight to it and and it is right like it is an unfinished movie and and at the same time it makes it more impressive because we we've when we do talk about it we talk about steppenwolf the biggest the biggest change to the film being steppenwolf um how that steppenwolf looks better than the 2017 version for Mm -hmm. being a finished movie and then them having to go in and and go back to the original design of Steppenwolf, get it done, make sure all the parts are moving, make sure like there's no polygons, like breaking into other polygons, uh, all the chain mail is, is flaring up and stuff. There's so much to it that it is honestly, I, I cannot fathom how and when they worked on this Steppenwolf. Because when you look at movies like The Flash and you think, oh, this movie's been in the works for quite some time, you know, however you can figure out the budget minus marketing and all the other stuff, it doesn't add up to the way that they put this movie out on HBO Max in 2021, four years later, but also announcing it in May 20 of 2020 and then saying, yeah, you know, this studio is going to come in, they're going to finish um, Steppenwolf. And to, to have it done when you watch the movie and you go, this looks fantastic. Right. How did you do this in less than a year? Well, you know, and I do want to point out, I, I over the course of our conversations, I did ask Zach at one point because he had his his version, he had his film canisters, he had all of those things at home, and I said, were there times when you just took it out and tinkered on it? You know, were you were you fine tuning it? Were you refining it so that should you had the opportunity, you know, it would have been closer to being done? And he said, he said no. He said, I, I didn't even want to look at it. I didn't want to, you know, spend it. I didn't want to waste any time with it. I was truly a move forward type thing. Um, wow. And we know he didn't have a ton of time between when they announced the release and released it. So it's not like he went back in and, and cleaned all this stuff up, which, again, even with his resources and access to VFX people that he could pull in and do favors for because he wasn't given a budget to go back and do anything like this. Right. Um, this was finished. This is what he had, according to him. So I think it's wow. amazing. It's yeah, incredible. It, it, really it really is incredible. Is, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to wrap up for today. If you've enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving us a five-star review. It really does help the show and helps new listeners discover the show as well. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter at DCEU Minute. And if you'd like bonus content, we have a Patreon for just $3 with tons of other podcasts to listen to. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you here next time on DC Cinematic Minute.